0: Welcome to episode number 116 of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Tripodi, and joining me, as always, is Tony Pauline, as we are back in New York after spending the week in what was not warm and sunny Mobile. You might have gotten into the 50s a little bit on Thursday, but overall, disappointing weather week, Tony. I know especially for you, coming off of St. Pete, where it was about 80 degrees every day.
1: Yeah, I mean, the weather, uh, temperature wise, got a little bit better. It was a bummer that it rained the last day of practice. And uh, it was nice that, unlike last year, when they did not allow us to attend practice, we were allowed to get inside that little uh, covering of, of South Alabama. But that kind of mucked things up a bit. I mean, I mean overall, uh, it, well, I, I think it was a good Senior Bowl week. It was a solid roster when you look at the players who chose to uh, participate. Uh, nobody can control the weather.
0: Absolutely not. And you know, unfortunately, it did rain that last day. Practice had to move. I wouldn't call it inside. It's just a covered facility. So there was still some rain and wind. But at the very least, unlike last year's second day of practice, when we were not allowed in as members of the media and had to resort to the film room to get the information on the day, at least we were able to get out there and see what was going on on the field.
1: I mean, and and we're going to talk about that. That last practice by the South team a little bit, you know, the, the Bengals ran that practice and all their practices all week were kind of funky in the sense that it was sort of a slow buildup where the North team came out and they would hit and they would hit. And sometimes the North team did so much hitting and it did so much installation. They ended practice sometimes 15 to 20 minutes early where with the Bengals, it was like a slow painful, painful buildup. And you wouldn't really get too much, uh, you wouldn't get too much hitting until the end. And with that being the case and the weather, we've only got a limited number of notes from uh, day three of, of, the pra- of practice from the South team.
0: And yes, as Tony mentioned, limited notes from day three, just kind of a slow-moving practice, didn't really get going very much. So we'll have a couple things here, but what we're going to do mainly on the show is go over what we saw on the offensive side of the football from the three days of senior ball practice. So we'll start with that quick recap of the third day here and of the second practice, Tony, what did you see from the South, particularly at the quarterback position?
1: It was another good day from Justin Herbert. I, I mean, he was dropping the ball on the bucket. He showed decent leadership skills. Uh, and again, he basically, th- there were no lulls in his performance. It was good every day uh, by J- Justin Herbert at the quarterback position.
0: Now we had a couple other quarterbacks on that team with Herbert as well, Steven Montez, and Jalen Hurts, guys who struggled, had some inconsistencies the first couple days. Any improvements from them that last practice?
1: I thought it was probably the best practice of the week for Jalen Hurts, but that's not really saying much because the first two days, Monday, uh, Tuesday, and Wednesday, he was, he was not good. Uh, his pass placement was a little bit better. His accuracy was a little bit better. He was throwing some nice uh, corner and fade patterns during end zone red and red zone drills, but he was still missing a lot of passes. It was better... But the fact is, is the first two days were very bad for uh, Jalen Hurts.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate because we were looking forward to seeing what Hurts had to offer outside of the confines of the Oklahoma offense in which he showed so much improvement this year. Looking at the rest of the offensive players, there, running backs, receivers, tight ends at the skill spots. Tony, what did you see on that final practice, if anything?
1: You know, I I thought it was another strong performance. Uh, by Steven Sullivan, the LSU tight end. I thought it was a good performance by Harrison Bryant, the tight end from Florida Atlantic. Really did not see too much from the running backs, although it is noteworthy. What I said yesterday, and that Mike Norvell uh, mentioned that Antonio Gibson is one of the best players that he ever coached at Memphis. Uh, so I, I think that sort of comment, that sort of uh, praise by a college coach is going to go a long way to help Gibson
0: know, yeah, it was tough to get a lot from the trenches in that practice, but what I saw along the offensive line was another solid day from Ben Barge, who really acquitted himself very nicely, the Division Three product out of St. John's, Minnesota. It was also a bit of a better day for Alex Taylor, who does a really nice job controlling opponents when he gets extended. His problem is he doesn't always fully extend, which with his length at 6'9", if he's able to do that and control opponents like that, he's going to be extremely tough to handle, but he has a lot of work and a lot of development. Left to go. It was also a decent practice for Lloyd Cushenberry the third out of LSU. But a very good Tuesday, tailed off a little bit Wednesday, but improved on Thursday and probably came out a slight winner. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, wasn't too much to see on the defensive line. Jabari Zuniga is a guy really fires off the snap low, capable of bullying offensive linemen, pushing them into the backfield as well as winning with speed. And Terrell Lewis showed some solid downfield speed, ran with opponents down the seam, which was impressive. Had a nice bull rush on Terrence Steele as well, which if Terrence Steele has a strength, it's power and it's anchoring as a blocker. So it's a very good third day for Terrell Lewis and just a good solid week overall for him. Looking at the linebackers in the secondary, Tony, what'd you see from that last day?
1: Not a whole heck of a lot, except I think Kyle Duger, who a lot of people are very high on, this safety from Lenore Rhine turned in another solid performance. A, A small school guy is supposed to be able to step his game up. I think Duger. Uh, beat expectations. So I think he walked away from Thursday as one of the uh, better defensive backs from that South practice. Absolutely. And that's
0: it for just kind of our quick recap here of that third day of practice. We are going to take a look now at just what we saw overall from the week offensively. We're just going to look at both teams combined here. We'll start with the quarterback position. Obviously Tony already mentioned Justin Herbert on this show. Jordan Love was on the other side, had a solid week in his own right. Very impressive, and we're not sure whether he was able to answer the questions about the marijuana arrest and some of those things on the backstage, but what we saw on the field was quite good.
1: Absolutely. I I mean, after a disappointing campaign in 2019, there was a lot on the line for Jordan Love, and you got to give him credit for showing up at the Senior Bowl. And while he did show some inconsistency, and he was off the mark at times, he did throw a bad interception during Thursday practice. I think for the most part, he came out a winner. showed a big-time arm, a strong arm, a quick release. The ball immediately gets out of his hand and gets to the intended target. He's very athletic. He can make plays in or out of the pocket. At times, especially early in the week, he was showing pinpoint accuracy. Great timing with basically receivers he had never played with before. So I think the Jordan Love that we saw Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at Senior Bowl practice – was a marked improvement from really what we saw for most of the 2019 season where where Jordan Love had some slight inconsistencies during senior ball practice. He just played uninspired football in 2019. So I think Jordan Love leaves the senior ball with improved draft grades or at least an improved outlook from NFL scouts.
0: And what about some of the other quarterbacks in attendance? Obviously, we mentioned Jalen Hurts and Steven Montez. And on the other side, we had Shea Patterson and Anthony Gordon, two guys who were in a position to improve their stock if they were able to have good weeks. Did they, Tony?
1: Not in my book, not on my board anyway. I mean, Shea Patterson was good the first day of the last day of practice on Thursday. He finally showed some good things, but he was terrible the first two days. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He looked like a free agent. You know, last impressions are sometimes the ones that people remember. And he did play well on Thursday. But I think overall, I had Shea Patterson as a free agent coming into the uh, senior bowl leaving a senior ball. He's still a free agent on my board, Anthony Gordon. He's got the physical skills. He also did improve. I saw a lot of hesitancy in his game early on. He was waiting. You could tell he wasn't comfortable with the receivers. He was waiting to deliver the ball. I think that improved as the week went on. He was a little bit better with that on Thursday, did a little bit better job placing his passes, but still I think with Gordon, he's a physical specimen. He's got all the uh, necessary tools to be a quarterback at the next level, but he just needs a lot of work. And it may be a situation where someone gets turned on by what they saw with the arm strength and everything else, but, he, but he needs a, he, he's still going to need a lot of work on the game. And remember, he's only a one-year starter. And no one was talking about Anthony Gordon before the season began. And the fact that he's playing in the senior bowl, that alone, you know, is a major achievement for him.
0: Now moving to the running back position and something that we always say with the all-star settings is it's not the best place to evaluate the running backs. There's limited contact. You can see things like quickness and burst and pass catching ability. It tends to favor the smaller backs in this scenario. A couple guys that did stand out Joshua Kelly out of UCLA, you know, Benjamin from Arizona state and more or less all of the running backs flashed
1: at some point who impressed you most Tony. It's got to be Eno Benjamin. I mean, Eno Benjamin was sort of the Jordan Love at the running back position in the sense that he was very disappointing in 2019. Remember, Eno Benjamin was graded by some scouts who who grade juniors as a potential second-round pick. Coming out of the season, people were talking about him as a fifth-round selection. He had three good days of practice. Really showed well as a ball carrier, as a pass catcher, even in blocking drills. He was standing out and showing a lot of toughness and getting good results. He got great quickness, showed the ability to make defenders miss. He had surprising speed to turn the perimeter. He was an outstanding pass catcher. So I think Eno Benjamin – kind of got the compass headed in the right way, where after a disappointing 2019 season, people are talking about him as a fifth-round, sixth-round pick. I think maybe now he could be back in that late fourth-round area. I also thought it was a tremendous uh, job by Joshua Kelly, again, both as a runner and a pass catcher. He, w- he was incredible the first day of practice, incredible uh, quickness, incredible footwork, making defenders miss, the ability to turn the, the, turn the perimeter – Real good as a pass catcher. Kind of leveled off as carrying the ball, but j- just showed a lot of prowess uh, at catching the ball. The last day of practice, he displayed himself as a downfield threat, made a nice catch uh, 25 yards down the field. You know, As I said with Joshua Kelly, there were two things I, I thought about him leaving the senior bowl. Number one, he's improved his draft stock. Number two, he was either underutilized or misused at UCLA.
0: Now, what about the disappointments at the running back position? Did anybody stand out in a negative way?
1: It's got to be Keyshawn Vaughn. And, you know, we saw him on Monday. He didn't practice Tuesday. Really didn't see him Wednesday. I don't know if there's an injury issue going on there. But Keyshawn Vaughn in what was a disappointing season for Vanderbilt was one of the few prospects, and they had three guys there that were highly rated. He was one of the few prospects that really stood out during game time. And on Tuesday, he he had a terrific scrimmage, but he looked slow, limited quickness. Whenever he had a cut during drills, he had to gather himself, slow up, and change direction. I I mean, it it was Keyshawn Vaughn, the gamer, and Keyshawn Vaughn, the average athlete during the drills. I don't think he did himself any favors in in the sense that I don't think he's going to be selected in in the second day of the draft, as many thought possible. doesn't mean he's not going to have a good career at the next level. Just has to find his niche. I mean, it's not the greatest athlete in the world, but I still think that in the right system, Keyshawn Vaughn, will be a good running back at the next level. Now
0: we'll get to the pass catchers and the offensive linemen in just a moment here. But before we do, a quick word from our sponsor. Tony, let's talk about sleep.
1: We need eight hours of sleep, straight up. One of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. It's tough to get good sleep if you're too hot or too cold.
0: Therefore, it's our pleasure to introduce the pod by 8sleep. The pod is a high tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It also learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically.
1: That means if you like the bed cool and your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time. It's a crazy comfortable bed.
0: For the next week, get $200 off your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total of $500 only at eight sleep.com slash pro
1: that's E I G H T sleep.com slash pro eight sleep.com slash pro.
0: Now looking at the pass catchers here, we'll start at the wide receiver position. And while it's a deep wide receiver class, and there were a lot of talented players in mobile, there were several players who absolutely stood out above the rest this week. KJ Hill out of Ohio state. And this was kind of a consensus opinion that he had, Three very good days of practice. Denzel Mims out of Baylor, James Prochet out of SMU, and also I'd throw Colin Johnson out of Texas in there. We're probably the top guys in most people's opinions, Tony. Is that something you agree with?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I don't know that necessarily in that order, but yeah, I mean, you may, you may want to put KJ Hill at the top. Uh, Denzel Mims is probably right there uh, along with Colin Johnson. Prochet had a terrific week. The problem with Prochet, like we said during the podcast, great route runner. opponents can't cover him, but he just doesn't have the deep speed. I thought Antonio Gandy-Golden also had a solid week. Devin DuVernay showed flashes, but he really was not a lot of consistency there. I thought both uh, Florida receivers, Tyree Cleveland, as well as Van Jefferson, also showed well.
0: What about the tight end position, Tony? It wasn't the best class of tight ends here, but what did you see from the group?
1: Well, I mean, starting off, you know, I, I wrote a piece of Pro Football Network before practices even began on Monday where I said that Adam Troutman, the tight end from Dayton, was really the talk in the league. And people were, had a second-round grade on him and had him graded as the number one tight end from the senior class. And you know what? He proved all that to be true because Troutman was good from the, from the first day of practice, and he just got better and better. Terrific quickness. Excellent route runner. Outstanding hands. Looked very athletic. He came into the senior bowl proving that he could also be a blocker. He showed himself to be a terrific blocker. I got to meet his uh, college coach. I spent some time with the, with the head coach as well as the offensive coordinator. I spent some time talking with the parents. Really a, a very exciting smaller school prospect because Dayton is not a small school as far as a Division Two or anything like that. A smaller school prospect who really came here and each and every day was the best tight end on the field. I also thought Harrison Bryant of uh, Florida Atlantic played well all three days. Not the greatest athlete, but a guy that can catch the ball, a guy that can block. You can use him as a move tight end. You can use him as an inline tight end. And I think that Steven Sullivan was probably the biggest surprise of the entire senior ball, the tight end from LSU, the little-used tight end from LSU because they didn't need him. They had so many great receivers there. Steven Sullivan got better and better as the week went on. He showed himself to be athletic. He can get down the field and catch the ball. He's a solid and fundamentally sound pass catcher. Showed ability as a blocker. Excellent flexibility. Bends his knees, plays with leverage. Uh, I thought Sullivan, as well as Harrison Bryant, had terrific weeks. I thought Troutman was outstanding. I do think that Bryson Hopkins turned a lot of heads with his ability, with his athleticism and speed. I do think on the other uh, flip side of the coin, it was a tough week for Jared Pinckney of uh, Vanderbilt, which means it was just a continuation of what was a poor season in 2019. Remember, Pinckney was great as a potential top 45 pick by scouts coming into the year. He did not play well in 2019. He was not good at the senior bowl. Not, I saw him make one play. He just looked very lethargic, didn't have any quickness, didn't show any speed, really didn't show any spirit as a blocker. And again, I, I mean, you're t- with Pinckney, you're talking about a guy who comes into the season great as a top 45 pick. I think right now you're looking at a fifth, sixth-round prospect.
0: Yeah, really unfortunate what we saw from pretty much all the Vanderbilt guys here. Kalijah Lipscomb didn't stand out. At wide receiver, Keyshawn Vaughn was disappointing. And and obviously, Jared Pinckney just not living up to the hype from the summer. So just really a rough week for the Commodores down in Mobile.
1: Uh, And like you said, a continuation of uh, what was a uh, terrible season where many people, including ourselves, you go back to the summer, we were excited about the offense. And really, the offense just offense was nowhere. The coach almost got fired. They decided at the end to keep them. Uh, and we'll see what happens with the, with the program moving forward.
0: Now moving on to the offensive line here to wrap up the offensive portion of our senior bowl reviews. And there were several players who really stood out and left the week as winners. The first one, and these are in no particular order is Jonah Jackson out of Ohio state really showed a complete game as a guard Down in Mobile, there's a very strong anchor where he's able to keep defensive players from getting into the backfield and pushing up against the quarterback. Very quick feet to mirror opponents as well. Once he's engaged, he's not going to lose to moves. He's going to slide. He's going to make sure he stays in between the defender and the quarterback. Showed good awareness, kept his head up and on a swivel to take care of twists and stunts. He was one of a couple offensive linemen that really held up against Jason Strobridge who is a very good player on the defensive side of the ball. We'll get to that in our next episode. But Jackson did a nice job holding up against Strobridge, and that was early in practice on Tuesday and Wednesday when Strobridge was really dominating most of the people he was going up against. Another guy who really helped himself was Ben Bredesen out of Michigan. Really good strength, really good power. He put several defensive linemen on the ground on each day of practice, was very consistent throughout as well. Didn't have very many bad reps and overall had three excellent days of practice. Also showed the ability to get to the second level a bit, which we were uncertain about. A lot of people thought maybe he's a small area blocker, but no, he was able to get out to the second level quickly. He was able to seal off linebackers and defensive backs and really allow running backs to spring off longer runs. Showed strong initial punch at the line of scrimmage. So really impressive week for Ben Bredesen, whose stock is on the rise, leaving Mobile. The third guy I want to highlight, Ben Barch from St. John's, Minnesota, a Division III player, came in and he showed he belonged right away. Fires off the snap, very aggressive, good power and anchor. Just like Jonah Jackson, he was putting defensive linemen on the ground. He showed the feet to go back and forth when engaged. He showed the feet to slide and keep guys from going around him, get to the second level well as well. So just an overall good week for Ben Barch, who showed not only that he could handle the step-up in competition, but that he was able to really show a complete game down in mobile. What did you see from these three guys, Tony? And do you think they also left as winners?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially Bredesen and Barch. you know, a small school guy like Barch, he had some bumps in the road. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but overall he showed that he can compete. And if you look at the history of the senior bowl, they've had some real good uh, small school offensive linemen that have gone on to have success in the NFL. <clears throat> there's no doubt in my mind that uh, Barch will be next. I, we kept talking about Bredesen each and every day. He seemed to get better. He's a, he's more of a small area blocker, but he's a tough guy. Fights, uh, fights with his hands, plays through the whistle. Uh, I thought it was a terrific week for him. Same thing with Jonah Jackson. I've been speaking about Jonah Jackson uh, really since the start of the season. I mean, a guy who transferred from Rutgers was a great uh, decision by him and really didn't get a lot of the notoriety that he should have, as di- didn't that entire Ohio State uh, offensive line, you know, who was paving the way for J.K. Tobbins, who was uh, who was protecting fields and and really allowing that uh, that Ohio State offense to open it up. A couple other guys who I really liked, obviously Matt Hennessey of Temple. We talked about him during the week. There's some talk that he could be the top center in the draft. I don't agree with that, but uh, but uh, he definitely displayed himself or distinguished himself at the uh, Senior Bowl. Our buddy Colt McKivich was solid throughout the week. Not the greatest athlete in the world, but a guy who really uses uh, all of his assets to their maximum. I thought Keith Ishmael, the center from San Diego State, had a real good week of practice. Uh, and, you know, I thought Justin Heron. Uh, who moved from left tackle into guard, improved as the week went on. He's not the biggest guy. He was very good on his feet, very good on the second level. And and really the guy that's going to draw the largest variety of opinion, and I know that you were really impressed with him Thursday, is Josh Jones uh, of Houston. Uh, I mean, someone who I'm not a big fan of his at the left tackle spot, I think he's got some issues. I think he's got some limitations. But there are some people who just fawned over this guy and his performance, uh, not only just Thursday, but th- during uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, he showed tremendous flashes.
0: Yeah, I mean, he flashed, but he had, I thought, too many bad reps on Tuesday and Wednesday, He was a bit up and down and inconsistent. But on Thursday, he was the best offensive lineman on the field, hands down, really made it so Jason Strobridge did not have a good practice at all because he was constantly going up against Josh Jones And he couldn't get by him, whether he was trying to go around him, whether he was trying to go through him. He had no chance. He was also doing well against some other players, too. So I thought while it wasn't the week that we thought Josh Owens had, or should I say other people thought Josh Owens had, that last practice on Thursday was excellent. I also liked what I saw out of Matt Pert. Now, he has some technical issues. His hands are too wide. He has to work on his feet. But he has a lot of upside. He showed some very good flashes. Down in Mobile, he was able to really put some good reps on tape. Also had some bad reps too, but there's going to be a team that looks at Matt Pert and says, okay, we can clean up his technique and we can really turn him into something. On the other hand, a couple guys that I didn't feel like impressed, Nick Harris out of Washington, three poor days of practice was really getting pushed into the backfield five, seven yards deep on almost every rep. I'm not even sure he really had any rep where I thought he won in one-on-ones during the first couple of days of practice it was a very, very poor week for Nick Harrison, especially when looking at him compared to someone like Matt Hennessy or somebody like Keith Ishmael, a couple centers who stood out even Lloyd Cushenberry, the he did not help his draft stock while some other centers down there did.
1: Yeah. I, you know, uh, staying on on the, uh, on the theme of guys that really didn't help themselves. Tyree Phillips of Mississippi state was up and down. He's probably too big for his own good. He's got to lose a bit of weight. I thought Charlie heck, who was elevated from the Shrine game, also struggled. He struggled the Shrine game. Uh, same thing here in, in Mobile, Alabama, as well as Damian Lewis. Damian Lewis was a bit up and down throughout the week.
0: And that's it for the 116th episode of The Draft Analysts, presented by the Belief Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. If you haven't heard any of our prior five podcasts from Senior Bowl Week, two each from the first two days of practice, and one from Thursday, please go back and listen to them. They are chock full of information. Obviously, a lot more in those shows than we were able to give you here. Listen to those, and we'll be back very shortly to recap the defense as well. For Tony Pauline, this is Chris Cripote, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe.